So turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. We're going we're gonna to talk about a very little short thing that Jesus said. You guys are used to me reading like a whole chapter. So why don't you stand back up before you fall asleep? And we'll read this, John chapter 3. By the way, you can go to the version, the Bible app, and you can go to events, and you can find the notes and connect group questions there. And, um, it's just a neat little resource that is on your Bible app on your phone, and you can follow along here. If, if any of you still have an old school Bible, which I like old school Bibles, you can write in them. So um, John chapter 12 Yeah, John chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want to get left with a single seed. That's not what we're here for. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Father, we thank you for your word to us, Lord. We pray that you'd help us plant today do it well. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Jesus is at the last week of his life and he's made what they call a triumphal entry and everybody's excited for him to be in town. And um, he's, he's trying to prepare the disciples and he makes this comment. He says, hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified and and he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless you plant it, uh, you'll only have one, one seed. If you keep it, you only got one. But if you plant it, you're going to get a return on it. Amen? And we see that in the life of Christ. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And God planted his son literally in the ground. And because of that, he resurrected and the same powers that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, quickening our mortal bodies. Amen. So we have the hope of eternal glory and the hope of resurrection and the hope that that when this body is planted in the ground, that it will be resurrected incorruptible. Amen. That it will not be corrupted flesh, but it will be raised incorruptible, perfect, the Bible says. And that and that will benefit from it beyond anything our wildest imagination could come up with. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? But in this life, God has given us the capability to plant and reap. In this life, he's given us the ability to plant and do it in a way that we can reap after we plant. It's called sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting. So I want to talk to you this morning about the life, the lifespan of the seed and the lifespan of the season. And I believe both are really important to get it all right. We, we live in a place where four seasons, right? Um, for most of those seasons, you're complaining to get to the next season. Except spring and fall, we don't complain very much, do we? Because everything's blooming in the spring and everything's changing colors in the fall. But summertime, you're like, it's so hot. It's never been this hot. It was, hot. It was this hot last year. And then in the wintertime, you're like, it's never been this cold. Don't you ever talk to your grandparents? They got like frostbite walking to the bus stop. It's been this cold before. Just settle down. We get so freaked out. I was 70 degrees yesterday, and now it's 30. It's called the weather. People get paid a lot of money to get it half right. So you know you're not going to be able to guess it, right? 
But I believe there's a lifetime, a lifespan to the seed that God gives us. One of the things, I, I'll be 41 in April. I'm not really looking forward to it because my body's starting to hurt. And um, I'm trying to be in better shape, really. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but I, I, I realized that there was a, a lifespan to some of the things God gave me. And now that I'm the age I am, I realize that I'm past some of those lifespans. When I was in high school, I played some sports in high school, and I was a pretty athletic guy. I played baseball all the way up to 10th grade, and I played, um, I played football my freshman year and did pretty well. And, and I was a pretty strong kid for the size I was. I think I weighed 165 pounds when I graduated high school. Um, marriage will do that to you, <laughs> by the way. I gained 20 pounds the first year I was married. Um, and it was all love. <laughs> but um, the, uh, what I realized was, is that back then, I, I played sports and I was pretty athletic and pretty strong. And, and, um, but my dad said, look, if you want to drive a car, you're going to have to get a job. Because your mother and I are buying you a car. And I was like, that's not fair. My dad wasn't really into fair. But he just said, hey, you're going to have to make a choice. And so I, I, I thought, well, I can't, I can't date girls and walk. So um, I think I'd rather have a car. Um, so I went, I went and got a job. And, um, and, and I know there's probably some guys out here that still think you can do it. Still think you can go out on the football field. It's been 20 years. And, 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 what, and what were those... What, what, what was the name of those? They were the um, alumni games. You ever seen one of those? The alumni football games? The guys are like 40-some years old, 45 years old, and they go out. Now, if you've done this, this is like I enjoy watching it. <laughs> those, they take a lot of water breaks, a lot more than they took when they were 16. Um, but you know it's really dangerous when you're 45 to suit up with pads and and there was games in like Texas where guys got their necks broke and stuff like that. And, I, and there was a couple games here in, in, uh, that they played as Shepherd in the last five years that I knew guys that played in it and guys that were really, really good uh, running backs were getting knocked out at 40 years old. And, uh, and so what I realized is that there's a, there's a lifespan to some of the things God gave me, right? I, man, when I was 20 years old, I could bench like 300 pounds. My, my oldest daughter can bench more than I can now. I'm looking, I'm like, where'd you get them muscles? So I, I realized as much as I wish that my body still operated the way it used to, that my, that my capability is what it used to be, it's not. There's a season to the things that God gives you. And the, the, the thing about life is, is acting on the seed in the season, in the lifespan of the seed. Now, about you can't take a packet of seeds and, and put them in the barn and wait 10 years and then just come back and grab that same packet of seeds, rip it open, throw it on the ground, hope, to, hope it works. There's a lifespan to seeds. I was looking it up. Most seeds are good for two or three years in the pack. Two or three years. So, you, so there's a lifespan to when you can plant them. And what happens in our lives is is that we get the idea that, well, I can just hold on to it because I feel better holding on to it because I'm not 100% sure about the whole planting thing yet, right? 
feel better if I hold on to it a little bit. And, and, and I, 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 maybe a few years, maybe 10 years out, I'll be in a better spot now. I'll be able to plant. Maybe a few years down the road, I'll be in a better spot, be able to plant. But the issue is, there's a lifespan to that. And as much as I want to go back and play sports now, I'm reduced to slow-pitch softball every now and then. I only play when the team doesn't have enough players, and, which I don't think is going to be the case this year. So I'm going to get a whole year where I don't have to run because I only run if we play softball. Which my wife keeps telling me that's bad for my heart. I think it's good for my legs. (laughs) Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. There's that idea of just keeping it, just saving it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What did Jesus say at the beginning that we talked about? Unless a... Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it seems like you're losing it, right? It seems like, well, I'm just throwing it in the ground. And I'm not 100% sure because, because guess what? We're always afraid of that last frost, aren't we? That's been really realistic to us right now because it was 70-some degrees last week. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get a couple of frost days and my trees out in my front yard are starting to bloom. And, and, and now you're like, oh, it's going to kill the cherry blossoms. And we get, we get really nervous because, because if we take what we have and plant it, then after we've planted it, it's what? It's out of our control. Because I don't know about you, but I've never, I've never, never been able to control how much it rains or how cold it gets or any of those things. I've never really been able to control any of that stuff. Now I can control like little microcosms of that. I could, I could take a little Dixie cup and put a seed in it. But guess what? The issue is with that Dixie cup is I can't provide enough nutrients inside that Dixie cup to make a whole crop grow. So at some point in time, I have to turn it loose and plant it. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless you plant it and relinquish control of it, I can't really expect a harvest. And one of the main issues in my life is control. I can tell you that right now. I like, look at your neighbor. I'm not going to admit it. You look at your neighbor. Tell them you like being in control. Tell them. If you're married to them, they already know. You're you're not telling them something new. They already know. Like, I knew you liked to be in control. I realized it this morning for the thousandth time that you like to be in control. We like control over the things that God has given us, right? We always say things like, oh, God's blessed me. Everything I have is his. <laughs> God knows you're joking when you say that. Just like he knows I'm joking when I say that. God, everything I have is yours. He's like, doesn't really seem like it. Seems like it's yours. Well, most of the 10% is yours. But planting is about relinquishing control, isn't it? Because you're going to put it in the ground. And then you have no control whether it frosts or not one more time. You have no control whether it rains or not. You have no control whether, whether the sun shines every day. You have no control what rodents do to it. Our dependence is on Christ. The goal of life is not to store up seed but to plant it. You know, I was thinking about the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. He gave one guy five talents, one guy two, and one guy one. And the issue with the talents is it was all... If you got, if you got one, it was a, it was still a lot. And the issue with today is we, we are so busy comparing talents that we forget that he's called us to use them. 
right? We're, we're, well, I, I'm, I'm really upset that you got five and I only got one. When, when instead of looking at my one and say, God, there's nothing I did to deserve this. You just out of your grace and mercy and, 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 and sovereignty, you gave me this. And so I'm going to use it. We get so upset that somebody else got one and we take ours out in the yard and bury it. Can I tell you this morning that you can bury seed that's not the same as planting it? Just because seed goes in the ground doesn't mean it's going to grow. Because if you put in a tin can and put it in the ground, it's not going to grow. It's just going to sit there. And then here's something else I realized. You ever heard of inflation? Ever talking to your grandparents who are like, man, I used to buy a loaf of bread for a nickel. I'm like, was it two pieces? Like, I don't, how did you get that for, how did you buy gas for 10 cents? What's called inflation. I, I want to propose something to you. The stuff that we bury in the ground instead of planting it, when we come back 10 years to dig it up, it's not worth the same amount as when you, pl- when you buried it. It's worth less. Because I don't know about you, but, but bread is more expensive today than it was 10 years ago every time. Isn't it? So what we do is like, it's like the guy that only got one, he got so nervous about relinquishing control of it and afraid it wasn't going to do what it was supposed to do. The guy that got five went out and said, man, I'm planting this stuff. I'm going to get a return. This is what the master wanted me to do. I'm going to plant, plant, plant. Unless the seed of, uh, of, of grain goes to the ground and dies, he said, I'll, I'll relinquish control. I'll go out and invest it. I'll go out and make it happen, and it's going to work. And he got doubled, and the guy that got two did the same thing. He got doubled. But the guy that had an issue with it, like, I'm not sure. I'm so scared. I don't want to lose control. I don't, I'm going to go out in the yard bury it the issue was not only did he not did he not get an increase what he had with the after the master came back from a long time was i believe it was worth less than when he buried it and so the seed that you have my my athletic ability is obviously worth less now than it was when i was 18 so there's a window to your seed being effective god says listen i've equipped you to do this now so you've got to work while it's daylight. You can't, you can't shove it off for 10 years. So, Lord, well, when I get time, when I, when, when I get more, when I get, when, when, I, when I'm better off, I'll, I'll just push it down the road, push it down the road, push it down the road. And then when you figure out you get down the road, it's not worth what it was when you first got it. And then we struggle with, well, Lord, it's not worth as much. I don't know what to do with it. So the issue is not just burying the seed. It's actually planting it. It's actually, it's actually saying, Lord, you've given me this and this season. And so I'm not going to wait until the seed's not good anymore. I'm going to put it in the ground now. Because I know you're coming back and expecting a return. And I know if I hold on to this one seed, then this is all I'm going to have when you get back. Or, let me put it this way. I'll wait till the end to say that. Hold on. I'll just tease you a little bit. Luke chapter 12, but God said to him, you fool, the very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what we prepared for yourself? This is the, the, the Bible calls him the rich fool who God had blessed immensely. And instead of going out and planning it and, and, and doing good things with it, he decided to keep it. And God said, don't you know that, that your life will be required of you? And then who's going to get everything you have? You have to plant the seed while the seed's plantable. We can't just hold on to it as a people. Then you have the life, not only of the seed, but you have the life of the season. 
And this is just as important. Not only does a, a seed not last forever, neither does a season, does it? Unless you're in Florida. Who likes that? But there's a planting season. There's a, there's a, there's a springtime, right? Around here, there's a springtime. And if, and if you, you know, we do this with kids. If you, there's a calendar of when you should plant lettuce and, and what are some other things? Tomatoes and onions. And you shouldn't plant Brussels sprouts. That's, God doesn't like those. He, (laughs) He doesn't like Brussels sprouts. He doesn't like those. Cauliflower. Certain things, it doesn't matter what season, they're not going to produce anything anybody likes, right? I remember cauliflower mashed potatoes. Just a FYI, they're not mashed potatoes. If you want mashed potatoes, you plant potatoes. It's not mashed cauliflower. It's the mashed cauliflower. Don't try to trick me. But you've got a window of time to plant that's, so it's not just dependent on the lifespan of the seed, it's dependent on the lifespan of the season. And if you try to plant in the dead of winter, what are you going to get? You're going to miss it. If you try to plant too late in the summer, you're going to miss the window. If you try to, if you try to plant uh, too early in the spring, you're going to miss the window. And so what, what happens is, is we've got to be people who can understand the seed that God has given us and then the season he's given it to us in. And say, okay, God, if you've given me the seed right now, then you must be expecting that the season is near. The season is at hand. He, he says, you got to work while it's daylight. He says, listen, you, you can't be running around just putting stuff off. There's no such thing as a procrastination in the kingdom of heaven. God never said, well, we'll wait one more day before Jesus comes because I got something else to do. No, no, no. The Bible says to the, Paul wrote to the Galatians, in the fullness of time, when it was the perfect time, without a one, one minute delay, one second delay, when it was the perfect time, the fullness of time came, God sent Jesus. He came to earth in the perfect time. And what I believe about our season is in the perfect time, God has enabled us to spread the gospel. There's a season to what he's called us to do. Because I don't know about you, but, but this season of my life is not going to last forever, right? So I've got to take advantage, advantage of it while I'm in the season. I've got the seed. Now I've got to pay attention. I'm in the season. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. The wi- widow of Zarephath this is another story. First Kings chapter 17. Elijah is at the, by, by the, by the stream, it dries up. There's a great famine. It's, it's as bad as it can get. And, and, and God sends him to this widow and, and he walks up to her and he says, Hey, do you have anything for me to eat? And in verse, verse 20 of chapter 12, she says, but, uh, I'm sorry. In verse, uh, 12 of chapter 17, he says, surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Listen. She had felt the full effects of famine in her life. And I can't imagine she was eating a buffet every week right up until this point. But she had felt the full effects. And so they had stretched it and stretched it and stretched it as far as they could. And it was, and it was her last meal she was going to fix. And she said, look, we're just going to go ahead and let the process take its, run its course. We're going to die. We're going to eat this one last little meal. We're going to die. Elijah says, could you, could you feed me? Could you, could you plant the seed? You know what I like, and, and, and my wife and I have been in this 
stage in our life before. You ever been, you ever been so low that it just doesn't matter anymore? That's a, now this is going to sound masochistic, but that's a good place to be sometimes, isn't it? Like God, I ain't got nothing to lose. Because you know, when the barn's full and somebody says you should plant, sometimes you're like, whoa, wait a second. I worked hard for all this. I worked hard for all this. God, God's blessed me. He has. But I worked hard for all this and I want to, I want to keep a little, I want to keep it. I want to, I'm going to be a little cautious because I don't know if I want to let it all go. But when you're up against it, man, you're like, I ain't got nothing to lose. Come take it. Right? So she says, Hey, okay, I'll do it. Whatever. He said, well, God's making you a promise right now. You sow it and it'll never run dry. You'll never run out of oil and never run out of flour until this thing's over. And his promise was true to her. But listen, if she'd have waited six months, she probably would have been dead. She probably would have been dead. There's a story that I've told here before. Uh, when Beth and I first got married, uh, I worked for a pest control company. You, you have no idea. I've had, I've had like 17 jobs. And, and I drove all over the Shenandoah County. And I went to this person's house. And um, I went in, and I was just going to do the regular thing. And, and me and one of my, one of my guys I worked with, uh, we would pray every morning before we left. God, direct our steps, lead us to who, who you want us to pray for. And, you know, we want to minister to people, do all that stuff, take their money. And um, <laughs> so I get in there, and I say, uh, I'm doing the thing I do, you know, making sure they don't have any bugs. And, and, and I said, um, can I go upstairs? And she said, yes, my husband's in, in his room. He's sick. So I go in there and I thought sick, like the sniffles. And I walk in and I said, Oh, has he got a cold? And she said, he's got cancer. And in that moment, God was like, Chris, you should pray for him. And I thought, Lord, I don't know if it's planting season yet. I don't, I don't know if it's the right season. I don't know. You know, I didn't make all excuses. I got, I got a store full of seed, but I'm afraid to put it in the ground because I don't just don't want to lose control, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know if I can do this. And we just make excuse after excuse. And I say, Lord, I'll come. Next, next time I come back, I, I visit this person's house every three months. The next time I come back, I'll do it. I promise. I promise I'll sow the seed that time. I, I, I'll obey the seeds. Well, guess what? I beat myself up about that for three months, and I had made a determination the next time I walked in that house, I was going to lay hands for that guy. He was going to rise from the dead or whatever. He was going to, it was a Holy Ghost moment. I was going to, yeah, like, God, you're awesome. I walked back in three months later and he had passed away a couple of days before that. She was sitting on the very same bed talking to a friend about funeral arrangements. And I thought, Lord, I'll pay attention to the season from now on. Because there's a window, church. There's a window to what he's given you to be effective to plant for the kingdom. There's a window of time. There's a season. There's a life to the seed and a life to the season that we got to pay attention. You can't, you can't ignore it. You have to know when it's planting time or you may miss it. Listen, exponential increase is dependent on seed and seasons. Matthew 13, 8, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. And he says, still, other seed fell on good soil. It fell on good soil. Somebody say amen. It fell on good soil. And he said, when you sow the right seed in the right season on the good soil, he said it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. You know, it's always been fascinating to me when you take a seed potato and you don't wait till it's rotten. It, you stick in the basement and it gets those sprouts coming out on it. It's beyond eating. 
unless you're one of those people like squishy potatoes with sprouts growing out of them, then you can have all of them you want. But it's kind of beyond the eating phase. But you cut that thing up in quarters and you put that thing in the ground and you, and you plant it. And you would think, how in the world is this potato that I eat every day going to produce more potatoes? It doesn't make any sense, does it? It just looks like a potato you cut in quarters. But, but you put it in the ground and you bury it. Then you come back a couple weeks later and you start mounding up that dirt around the plant. And then you come back and start mounding up that dirt around and you keep doing it. And then when you dig it up, you don't have a quarter of a potato there. You've got a basket full of potatoes there. Isn't that amazing? Here's what I want to tell you, though. I eat more potatoes than I plant. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to eat that? You're going to eat that? Now listen, for the next five minutes, if the ushers could pass out these pledge cards. I've been talking to you about this. For the last couple of weeks, we had a meeting with the core partner group. Uh, last this past Wednesday. I believe God has given us the seed right here to do what we have to do. Somebody say amen. amen. One of the things you're going to find out about me, if you, if you have not been here very long, is that I abhor um, asking people that aren't invested in this church to, to give, asking people that aren't a part of this church. I have some friends that own businesses, and, and I hate hearing stories about how how, how people just show up randomly at their business and ask them for a check. And so about six years ago, we started the great backpack giveaway. We started saying this. We started saying, if Hedgesville Church is going to give it away, we're going to pay for it. Somebody say amen. If we're going to give it away, we're going to pay for it. I believe the same philosophy holds true today. If we're going to build it, we're going to pay for it. And so, so I know GoFundMe is a great thing, but I don't, I don't like just random people who have no association with us. King David said this when he went to, when he went to do, a, do a sacrifice on the threshing floor of someone else's property. The guy said, hey, you're the king, man. I'll just give it to you. And King David said, no, 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 no. I'm going to pay for this. Oh, you don't have to pay for it, man. You're the king. I'll just give it to you. And David said, I'm not going to sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Because what did we learn last week? If it doesn't mean anything to me, it doesn't mean anything to him. So I believe that God has given us enough seed to plant in the ground that we can make a hundredfold harvest, 60, 30, that we can harvest more than we ever dream of if we don't eat it. Now here's what I want to make sure you understand. Is that I believe America has been in the season. You know what the, the beautiful thing about a, 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 a green bean plant, plant a whole row of green beans, you pick them all off of that plant, Right? And your can of green beans, you're like, man, this is awesome. Nothing better than a green bean that you grew and you put in a jar and you canned it. It tastes way better than those things that somebody else canned in China. I don't know where they canned it at. But it tastes really good. You know, it's fresh. But the beautiful thing about that is you can keep going back to that plant over the season and keep picking. To the point where you're like, are you kidding me? We got to pick more green beans? I want to say this without offending too many people. I believe America has been in a season of just picking. We just pick and pick and pick. I mean, I mean, wealth comes easy, right? We just keep picking. We keep going back to that cucumber plant. And we're so sick of cucumbers. You made every type of pickle you could imagine. You've had, yeah, I mean, just like more cucumber. What are we going to do with the cucumbers? 
The issue is, is that with those, with those green beans, you pick them all off the plant and you decide to eat them and you don't save any of that seed to plant. Guess what you don't get next year? Green beans. So I want you to think about in the, in the, in the terms of planting and reaping, not just for your consumption. But what I'm praying is that God gives us the capability to plant. Yeah, we're going to reap, but plant. We're going we're gonna to reap, plant more. We're going to reap a little, plant more. Reap, plant more. Because, because I want to make sure that I'm not the last person that gets to pick out of that garden. Come on, did you hear that? I want to make sure I'm not the last person that gets to pick out of that garden. I want to make sure that my kids and my kids' kids and my kids' kids' kids, I want to make sure that there's still a garden there for them to, for them to reap from and plant in and reap from and plant in and reap from, from plant in. But if I dig up all the plants today, the cycle ends. If I just eat everything that comes out of the garden with, with, with no idea towards the future, then the cycle ends. And I believe that God has called this church at this time, in this season. He's given us the seed. In this season, he's, it's the perfect season in our church to do this. He's given us the capability. Everything has lined up to go, okay, we're going to plant. And it's not just about this building that will happen. It's about, it's about how far can we go past that. There's the, on that card, it says, if we, the farther we go today, the wider we minister tomorrow. Because this isn't about one-to-one growth. This is exponential. So here's how it works. I'm very practical when it comes to this stuff. So we, we have, as a church, we've started the, we started the um, planning process and we're, we're uh, getting approval for the plans and all of those great things and we've made a great investment into that already. But I just wanted to lay it out for you. There are, there are three versions of what could happen on that card. Now, God blessed us about 11 years ago. We were able to purchase this property uh, adjacent to us. It goes all the way over to Tomahawk Intermediate School. Somebody say amen. Because God knew 11 years ago that we'd be in a season of growth today. You see, God already knows when it's going to rain. And so 11 years ago, we purchased that property. At the end of this year, there'll be about $320,000 left on that property. And then I put on there that this new building would cost about a million dollars. Now listen, that sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? That's nothing for God. And so I laid out for you three scenarios. Quarter of a million dollars, this is what our, this is what our monthly payment would be. A half a million dollars is what our monthly payment would be. Three quarters of a million dollars is what our monthly payment would be. Here's the thing. I believe there's enough seed in the storehouse to get the job done. Amen? And God has strategically positioned us to be able to do this and do it well and do it and not have any more expenses going out every month than we currently have. So guess what? We are in a unique sowing season to reap a reward. Amen? As a church. So here's where you come in. There's there's boxes on there and it says an amount and you can check a box under that whether you're going to give that amount monthly, 
whether you're going to give it one time. There's a, there's a box that, that has a non-cash gift in there where there's, I don't know much about this, but you can transfer investments and all those type of things with tax benefits. And we're going to be doing seminars about that. If, if, you're, if you have that capability, we'll let you know about that uh, in the coming weeks. But we have an opportunity here to sow. And so you've got ways that you can do that. If you're going to give on a monthly basis, if you could just put the total down in the bottom box. But here's what I want you to, I don't want you to fill that out now. I want you to take that thing home and pray about it. I want you to take it home and say, God, you've given me a seed in season to be able to do what you've called me to do. Now I want you to give me the faith to plant that seed. To plant it. And then I want you to give me the confidence that what I plant, you will bring the reward. That you will multiply. That if I plant it, somebody's going to water it. It's going to make sure it gets water. And you are going to give the increase. And I believe he will. Amen? I believe he's going to give us 30, 60, 100 fold increase. Not only just in eternal life, but here. And so I want to challenge you this morning. This is a very unique situation we have as a church. And I believe God is calling us to move forward. I believe he's calling us to move out. I believe he's calling us to step out in faith and reach more and more and more people. Amen. For his glory, for his kingdom, because eternal life is at stake here. And I believe we have the opportunity in this season to reach more people. Let's stand. I want to pray with you today. I want to bless you, and I want you to leave with a holy confidence that God is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I want you to leave with a holy confidence that he is going to give you an abundance so that you can be generous on all occasions, like Paul wrote. I want you to leave with confidence that if we plant the seed, that he will bring the harvest. Amen. Father, I'm praying this morning that you would give a confidence in our hearts, God, that you're calling us to this. God, that you are going to multiply what we plant. God, that in this season we are setting up the future for the gospel to go forward at a more rapid pace. Lord, farther and wider than we've ever dreamed or imagined. God, you have given us the capability to do this. You've empowered us to do it. Nothing is impossible when we do it in your name, Lord. According to the power that works within us, God. We pray your blessing over this. We pray, God, that our gift would be multiplied supernaturally, Lord, and that this gospel would go forward through us today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and glory this morning?